Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to the show, everybody. So um, today I'm actually coming to you from Costa Rica. So if you're watching this on the video, you can kind of see in the back that beautiful jungle and ocean back there. And I have a little bit of a cold and I spent all day in the sun yesterday, so I'm a little bit burned, but uh, it's beautiful here. And I wanted to do this because I'm getting ready to go into the jungle for four days to do... Um, some plant medicine ceremonies, which I will talk about on the podcast in a future episode. But I wanted to go ahead and knock this episode out because uh, if you remember a couple episodes back, we did an episode on change and I got an awful lot of great positive feedback from all of you on that episode. That episode was timely because um, it really was dealing with the New Year's and obviously change is on everyone's mind. One of the things that came up, though, in DMs and uh, at our support email and things like that was this idea of, you know, thanks so much for the information on change, but what about other people and how they influence us and how they hinder change and how do we deal with them and how do we change other people, um, both to better themselves and to help us in our change? Because let's face it. Uh, we humans are not islands unto ourselves. We uh, have other people we must contend with, and those other people can be positive influences helping us change or negative influences uh, hindering us from change. And, of course, people can be their own negative or positive influences. And I guess if we were going to talk about being a next-level human, it's really about uh, living in a way that inspires people to live a better life for themselves, to live what the philosophers might call the good life, a life of fulfillment, a life where we feel um, that we have fulfillment and joy and contentment and happiness. And I've talked about those emotions previously and put them in a hierarchy where happiness and contentment are sort of temporary states of being. They require us a particular uh, environment or a particular person or a particular situation to have happiness or contentment, but that fulfillment and joy really is something that flows from inside us to the outside world. And this also gets into the meaning of or the differences between meaning and purpose. From my perspective, meaning and purpose are both required for us humans. Meaning definitely uh, is sort of a borrowed thing that can definitely generate happiness and contentment for us. 
But in order for us to get to the what I would consider more evolved emotional states of joy and fulfillment, meaning must evolve into purpose. Now, when we're talking about changing other humans, this is a tricky situation because if you asked me and you said, Jade, well, how do I change someone else? I would say you don't and you shouldn't. And so that seems like, okay, well, that's the end of the conversation, isn't it? But not quite because we certainly can change people, but it should not be our directive or our intent. In other words, we all know what it's like to be an inspirational to, or to have an inspirational figure in our lives, someone who we strive to be like. Now, of course, that person almost invariably is not someone who is trying to change us. They are simply just living their lives in such a way that inspires us to want to be different as well. So the first aspect of wanting to change other people, and I would go ahead and say let's change this language to wanting to change people to more saying how can we influence people uh, to live their best lives. And the way that we do that is by first and foremost living our best lives. I was having a conversation last night with a friend of mine, and I was saying that to me, the two quintessential signs of an immature personality are, one, that uh, we want to change people or we want people to be more like us, to change them like us, and two, we have an intolerance for anybody who believes different than we do. And she made an interesting statement. She said, you know, that's interesting because those are adolescent mindsets, in a sense, and they're very similar. In fact, perhaps the same. So before you begin to try to influence someone else, I think the first thing we need to do is stop and ask ourselves, how are we operating? Are we operating from this very immature, insecure, culture-level mindset of, I cannot tolerate anyone who believes different than I do, therefore I want to change them so that they believe the same things that I do? Is that where we are coming from? Because if that is the case, and by the way, no judgment here. We're all humans. We've all been here and done that. Certainly I have. But it is a very culture-level way of looking at it. It is a very adolescent way of looking at it. Why in the world would we want everyone to be just like us? Why would we want to change people to be just like us? By doing so, we stifle their unique journey in life, and we stifle our own personal growth as a human being. And this is a very, in my mind, insecure, immature way of approaching the world. And we all know people like this, don't we? We all know people who have an intolerance for any idea that is different from theirs. A conservative who gets angry at liberals, a liberal who gets angry at conservatives, uh, the person on social media who's calling everyone else a sheep, the person on social media who says they've done all the correct research and everyone else is wrong. People who do things like this who have these dogmatic, uh, biased viewpoints, are the least mature and most insecure and most fearful among us, in my mind. And they are almost always operating out of a base level and culture level dominant state of being. 
Now, if we're going to move into our next level human state of being, we want to begin to catch when we are doing this, and we all do it on occasion, and begin to look at why do we want to influence people in the first place and how to do that. And the best way to do that in my mind, is to be a next-level human and live a next-level way of being, which is a way that is the exact opposite of that. It is a way that says, I'm okay that you are different than me. Not Not only am I okay that you're different than me, but I celebrate that you are different than me. And I look to wanting to learn from you. I don't find you you being different than me or believing different than me as threatening. Instead, I find it as inspiring and interesting. It's something I want to learn from. It's something that I want to explore. And in that acceptance of the way someone is being, right away they become more open to your way of being. Can we see that in our dogmatic ways of thinking and being in the world, we make other people more dogmatic and rigid in their way of thinking as well. And can we also see that when I become open-minded and accepting, that the people I interact with will become more open-minded and accepting? In this way, the world is somewhat like a mirror. This is not some kind of woo-woo out there way of seeing the world. This is just common sense. If you give another human a compliment, they're far more likely to compliment you. If you're rude to another human, they're far more likely to be rude to you. In the same way, if you are open-minded and curious about another person's ideas and beliefs and ways of being, they will become curious and open-minded and interested in your ways of being. Not only that, but when you come with that way of being in the world, they are more likely to pay more attention to their own beliefs and their own ways of showing up in the world. And so the first way that we change another human is to seek not to change them at all, but instead to seek to understand them, to be interested in where they're coming from, to see what we can learn from them, to ask questions, to be interested, to lead with the law of charity as a human. And what that begins to do is it causes the other human to begin to mirror us and also to become interested and also to become more open. Now, does this happen right away? Not necessarily, especially when we're dealing with friends and family and people we've known a long time who are very used to us being a particular way and very used to themselves acting a particular way around us. This is why dealing with family can be so difficult because family does not like to see us changing. You know, I have two older brothers, an older sister. They know me as the younger brother, Jade. They know me as the little kid brat. They know me as the adolescent, arrogant Jade. They have known me growing up. And this is not the case for my siblings anymore, but as we were growing up in our 20s and 30s together, me and my siblings, we ran into a lot of problems because we were not allowing our, ourselves to grow. So I kept seeing my older brothers as the annoying, dogmatic, bossy older brothers rather than you know, a 20-year-old older brother who's trying to figure himself out. 
And they tended to see me as the bratty, arrogant, obnoxious uh, younger brother instead of seeing me as the 20-year-old who was trying to figure himself out. Now in our 30s and 40s, we finally begin to see each other and celebrate each other for our differences. And certainly, we can now laugh about our old, immature, adolescent, and childhood behaviors. But think about this, because a lot of families never get past this. And certainly, my family, where we are today, this, these were hard-won uh, battles that we had to win to get to the point where we now accept ourselves the way we are, where we now can debate and talk about our differences with the law of charity and still celebrate the humans who we were to each other back when we were younger and the humans we are now to each other, not just to each other, but to the world. Going on, I'm sorry to break into the show, but I wanted to take a second to cover one of our sponsors and tell you all about Paleo Valley at paleovalley.com. These are the grass-fed sticks that I tell you all so much about that all of my friends know I have on hand constantly. They are in my car. They are at my house. I keep them at my sister's home and my parents' house. I have these things everywhere because they are the simplest, most convenient whole foods protein supplement you can get. Almost like carrying around pure protein, low-carb protein in your pocket. They also, these Paleo Valley beef sticks, are the only, the only 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef sticks on the market. They use organic spices. They are naturally fermented instead of using nitrates and nitrites that can be a problem in some of these cured meats, and they simply taste fantastic. Check out the original or the jalapeno. Those are my favorites. Please make sure you go over to paleovalley.com and visit. When checking out, use the code NEXT level for a 15% discount. Remember, our sponsors keep the show going by you giving them your patronage and spending your money on these high quality products. You actually do a few things. One, you're helping to support the podcast and two, you are helping your health and three, you are making sure that good quality companies like Paleo Valley can be out there doing their business changing the world, making the earth better. One of the things you may not know about this is that grass-fed organic and grass-finished beef is doing something that is so utterly important for our environment, actually helping to repopulate the topsoil. A lot of people don't know this, but our topsoil is being extremely depleted. And raising animals, especially cattle, the correct way helps to get that topsoil back. This is one of the reasons why I love Paleo Valley, not to mention it tastes fantastic, but they're one of these companies, like my other sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Organifi, that are doing the right things by the environment. I really appreciate everything they do, and I hope you will check them out. Thanks so much. Paleovalley.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. And now, back to the show. Can you begin to adopt this mindset towards your fellow humans, especially to your friends and family and to the people who are closest to you. If you cannot, then you can't change, I would say, and you're never going to allow them to change because what you are essentially doing is holding them in a box they can't escape from and holding yourself in a box 
that you won't be able to change away from. So this is the first piece, the first discussion, the first major insight you have to have if you want to change a human. Instead of trying to change them, you seek to change yourself. And in that change and in you living your honor code and your next level best self, you may or may not influence them to live their next level best self. But you must release attachment to them being different in any way, shape, or form. And this is a very strange and perhaps an incredibly difficult, the most difficult aspect of influencing people. To influence people, you must first go where they are. You first must listen to who they are. You first must try to learn from them. You first must be in a position of open-minded acceptance for how they show up in the world. And in you understanding those humans, in you seeking to be a kindred, loving, supportive influence in their life, they may, may being the operative word, decide that they want to begin to live a life in alignment with you or with this open-minded, accepting law of charity. This is the first part. Now, the second part gets down to the nitty-gritty of how to do this. The first part is incredibly difficult. So I would not be surprised if this takes you years to do. But most people don't even know that the first step is to release the attachment to trying to change others and instead attach to growing and inspiring and influencing yourself so that when you are around other people, you may be able to grow, inspire them. But it must always come from them. It can never be forced. It can never be manipulated. It always has to be something that they decide to do. And by living a life of charity, of open-mindedness, of acceptance, and seeing how much better your life is, other people may decide to live a similar life. Now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Once someone does begin to ask for help or want change, how should we change them? Let's go through a scenario, and let's go through a scenario of the first way that most people try to change another human or try to help another human or try to influence another human. What they do is they say, okay, you need to come over here. You need to do this. You need to do X. You need to do Y. You need to do Z. You need to do A. You need to do B. You need to do C. And you need to do it just like I do it. These are the steps. Come over here where I am and learn from me. And this is the exact wrong first step. The first step instead should be for you to go to them and to understand their life, to walk a mile in their shoes, to spend time asking them questions. And this really is what it is. Instead of giving to-dos and giving orders, the first step is always asking questions. Now, the power of questions is twofold. One, when you ask a question to another person that they are forced to answer, they are having to explore that question for themselves, perhaps for the very first time. So in a sense, when you ask someone a question, 
it's not just for you to understand how to help them better, to understand where they're coming from, but it's also to get them thinking in ways that they have perhaps never thought of before. And so let's use health and fitness because most of you are health and fitness enthusiasts. I certainly have spent most of my life teaching health and fitness. So let's use that as an example. Let's say someone wants to change through health and fitness. And you don't seek to change them. Instead, you lead with an open-minded, accepting way of doing things. You don't look cross-eyed at what they choose to eat. You don't judge them for anything they're doing for not going to the gym. You simply accept them. Yet you go to the gym, and you watch what you eat. And you live a healthy life, especially when they are in your vicinity and they are watching you. Then they will start to perhaps ask for help. And you, instead of giving them to-dos and saying, do it like me, need to begin, in my opinion, asking them questions. Asking them questions about what do they like? What is unique about their physiology? For example, do they deal with thyroid issues? Do they have cravings? What do they crave? What do they like? How have they lived their lives? What role did food play as a child? What relationships do they have? What do they do when they're stressed? You're asking them questions, and it's really about understanding their story. It's really about having them tell you their story. And when you listen to someone's story, you'll find all the obstacles to change that you need. People live through stories. They live through narratives. They don't aren't always uh, aware that they are doing this. They do it. We do it. We are constantly living out stories. Many of these stories, we don't ever question. And so when you're questioning them, you're questioning their stories, and you're also questioning their lifestyle choices in a sense. But if you really want to influence someone, what you're really doing is you're not trying to change what they do. You're trying to change the story that they are telling themselves. In order for someone to change, they need to kill their old self. They need to murder their old self. I'm using very strong language there because literally for someone to be different, to change in the way most people want to change, they have to completely leave their old self behind, which means uncovering stories that they are telling themselves, both conscious and unconscious. Now ask yourself, we've all lived many, many different stories. I have lived the dumb jock story. I have lived the angry story, the fighter story. I have lived many different stories, the poor me story, the I deserve story. There are a lot of stories that I have become aware of, the I don't trust women story that I have become aware of that have hindered me to be the best human that I can be. And so when you are seeking to talk to someone, you're really trying to capture these underlying stories. You're wanting to understand what are the stories they've been telling that have been keeping them stuck. Now, once you understand those stories and once you understand those obstacles and once you understand the way that they're doing things, in that process, which can take one conversation, but normally it takes many and oftentimes it takes months, if not years, of them building trust, once you understand them and they know that you understand them, and you are also living from a place of inspiration, and you are not telling them to do something you're not willing to do, they may or they may not begin to follow you, and you have to release attachment to that. They may begin to adopt 
some of the stories that you are telling or some of the stories that someone else has told that are going to work better for them. And now they will begin to walk from where they were to where you were. But understand, the first step is not to try to get them to walk to where you are. The first step is for you to walk to where they are. And you must stay where they are and understand them and put in a lot of work, perhaps more than you've ever bargained for or even want to, in order for them to begin to walk along with you to where you are. Isn't this the exact opposite of what most people do? Most people stand where they are, cross a field, let's say, and they say, come here, come on, hurry up, why aren't you coming? What's wrong with you? The right approach is to walk all the way across the field, go and talk to that person, prepare them to make the journey, and then make the journey with them. Which is why, when you think about changing somebody or influencing someone, this is an, a huge responsibility and takes a lot of energy, which brings up the question, why would you want to do something like this anyway? Isn't it enough to take care of ourselves? And ultimately, that's the goal here. The goal is to always be living your best life and let people walk along with you. And where you are able, certainly you can stop and help them begin the journey. In this process, though, you always must be extremely careful not to hinder your own growth and your own journey in the process. And this is why you should never seek to influence anybody or make or, or help to change anybody unless you have very clear boundaries. There are two types of people in the world. There are the people who want you to do the, it for them and the people who are willing to do it for themselves but don't yet have the tools. Always remember the people who want you to do them, it for you are the people you must leave alone. They must get to the point where they take responsibility for themselves first. The people who you can influence are the ones who have already made that transition to taking responsibility for themselves. And then, now, in this discussion, we've finally gotten up to the point where you can begin to be the coach or the mentor. But it always should be led by this person. They need to be self-determined in their journey. It needs to come from them. They must feel as if it is their idea, that it is their conscious will, their choice to make these changes. In that way, you are just there in support as a cheerleader and as someone who can offer the change that they need. You must always be aware not to become the dogmatic coach, the person who tries to do it for them, the person who judges them. Not everyone is going to make this journey in the same way. Some people will make it a quarter of the way and slip back. Some people will make it a half of the way and slip back. Some people will make it the whole way. Your job is for you to live your life first and foremost and become an inspirational or influential figure in that process and then make the choice according to the energy that you have available to you, which you may not, to play this role or not. And at that point, you can then begin to be the coach or the mentor. Now, I'll say a final thing here before we end this podcast. Many of you 
who are listening to this are coaches and physicians and people who work with humans on a daily basis. There is a difference here, and we all know it's really easy for people who, who get money or make a living from people to help them change. Don't you notice that it's really interesting, right, when a family member or a friend or someone like that, when they ask you to help them change, what oftentimes happens? They oftentimes want it for free or expect it for free, and they oftentimes fail miserably in the process. And then who do they blame along the way? Oftentimes, you, right? This is a primary role that I use for myself. Giving my friends and family and people like that free advice and free services, I have found has never served them. That it is something that they must have skin in the game. And so what I would say is, what I have learned and by the way, I don't know that this is a hard and fast rule, but I'm just going to give this to you because it came up in a question. It's come up several questions from coaches like you, uh, like some of you, that they say, I don't understand. I get fantastic results for my clients, my friends and family. I, I really want to help them, and they always fail miserably. And part of it is because of the expectations around this, both yours and theirs, theirs that you will help them and yours that you should help them for free. People need to put value on the things that they want to do. It needs to be valuable for them. Money is one way that our brains assign value. When our brains watch us pay something for something, we are far more likely to follow through with that thing. And therefore, what I would say is be very careful in giving your services for free and also if you're listening to this, be very careful of wanting to get things for free. I can almost guarantee you, invariably, not always, but almost invariably, the people who want free almost always fail. And the people who try to give free almost always do not succeed in helping their clients make the change. When you want change there must be skin in the game it does not always have to be money but it has to be something that you are working towards something you are giving up something that tells your brain i assign real meaning and value to this all right thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast today and i will see you at the next episode <music>